Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey everybody, welcome. Welcome to the show. It's Thursday. I, mean, I was trying to do the promo part, uh, you know, that, that, that beginning. I kept saying Wednesday because usually we do this particular show on a Wednesday, but this, this week is, is, is Thursday. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour along with Karen Clark. Karen Clark is running late. She is stuck in traffic. So you've got me alone for the first half hour here. So let me get adjusted here. In fact, I got distracted and, I've been, and forgot to uh, get everything turned off for the show. So just give me a minute. Uh, again, my name is Charlotte. I'm also the I, I am the owner of the California Haunts. I'm your host, and I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state of California, which means should you have a paranormal need, and I'm talking crypto, you know, cryptids, crypto. <laughs> I'm talking cryptids, UAP, anything like that, ghosts. We can get to you. It just takes us a while. It might, might take us a while. Because California, believe it or not, is a huge state. We have deserts like like all the other states, right? Um, I'm going to turn this thing off real quick. Hang on a second. Because what happens is, is it's been popping back on for no reason. So I'm just going to remove that sucker. There it goes. Um, <laughs> it's been coming back on because it feels like it's possessed. But, uh, yeah, we can get to you. And in the cases where we, we run behind, you know, where we have to wait a day or two or three to get to you, we do have mediums on staff that, that, that can consult with you. The other thing we have on staff, and this is something that I, I don't say very often on this show, I do, I, I talk about it more on TikTok, is we have a very well-rounded team in that we do have uh, former police officers, we have nurses on our staff, we have psychologists on our staff, so there is someone that could help you, and then, then this is how we've, 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 we've been able to be successful with hundreds of clients over the years, is that you know we are able to provide a full service. You know, if you don't provide a full service, you might as well not be going out to somebody's house and working with them. Because really, when you're going out, in, in some cases, you're dealing with somebody's mental state. They're scared to death, you know, because they're seeing things and whatnot. And yeah. In fact, uh, we did a couple of cases where it was medication. It was an older person who was hallucinating and, and seeing and seeing family members and, and different things. And it turns out they had switched up their medication. And once they got the medication under control, they stopped seeing things. So that's what we do. We, you know, we go out and we, and we check everything. We look at everything to make sure that, you know, I'm not going to say legit, for lack of a better word, you know, to, to, to make sure that, that uh, we go through everything that might be happening, happening naturally or, or man-made or, or whatever within that house or building, you know. So once all that's done and we can't prove otherwise, then we start looking at the paranormal. Okay, if you're watching from Facebook today and you like what you see, please be sure and hit those thumbs up, the smileys, happy faces, because what that does is uh, Facebook has the algorithm, and uh, that puts us up higher in the algorithm. The more smiley faces we get, uh, we, we, we end up higher hearts or whatever. We, we end up higher in that algorithm. Also, if you haven't done so already and you want to, you can follow us. Uh, hit that follow button. Because we're, we're looking for followers. Same thing for YouTube. It has, a, again, it has an algor algorithm. Uh, algorithm. Can't say that word today. 
and has an algorithm. And the thumbs up and the smiley faces and the hearts help us to get higher in the algorithm so people can, more people can, can, can view the shows. All right. And again, if you haven't done so already and you want to, you like what you hear, be sure to hit that follow. Be sure to hit that, that subscribe button over YouTube. It's free, right? It's free. Okay. That'll subscribe you to our videos and they'll let you know when we have new ones coming out and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Well, our topic today, I'm going to swing right into there. Um, I told you guys I was going to be very open about what I'm going through as a chronic pain pa- patient. And I did have an appointment on Tuesday. And I'm going to give you guys a lowdown on what exactly is wrong with my back. And, and I can take it from there with what went down. Um, last month, uh, the nurse practitioner that I had been dealing with either quit her job or was sent elsewhere. And I, I have my suspicions as to why she may have quit and or why she may have been dismissed. I'm not naming names on who this is. I'm not naming where I go. Okay, I'm not going to name names at all. But she was very um, sympathetic to the to pain patients, very sympathetic. And uh, I think that's why she might have been asked to leave, because she was very sympathetic. But I found out yesterday, or Tuesday, when I went in, that there were there had been two uh, nurse practitioners in this particular practice that are that got, that that are gone, and and they both left around the same time. So I don't know. It's kind of weird, right? But um, I just know that the one that I had that that, that left or isn't there was very sympathetic to my plight as a, as a pain patient, and I and and t- in talking to her and having conversations with her, she was sympathetic to other pain patients as well. So that's probably why, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, what I've got going on with my back is, is interesting because it, it happened gradually. It's something I was born with without, real, without knowing it, and then the rest of it happened gradually over the years. Um, I was born with spinal stenosis, didn't know it. It didn't really rare. I don't, I don't know how spinal stenosis works. I guess it's like anything else. I guess the older you get, it's like arthritis. The older you get, the, the, the worse it gets. So I didn't even notice the spinal stenosis until I got hit by a car. I used to ride my bike six miles a day. Sometimes I would ride twice, which would be 12 miles. And I was out riding my bike one, one afternoon, and I got hit by a car, and I flipped over. It was a, a men's 10 speed, and I flipped over the front of the handlebars. Cracked my head open, all that stuff. Ambulance took me off UCD. Um, and at that point... They were looking more at my skull than anything else. Because I was only like 23. So I was wiry, you know. So I, I went around for a while. The base of my spine hurt like crazy. And, you know, being young, you're rubber, right? So being young, I, I, I came back from it real fast. I didn't even have to take any thing for the, uh, anything for the pain or anything like that. So I came back from it. And within, a, within, a, within five, two, two or three you know, months, once it, once it really settled down, but then I started to notice weird things like I remember going to Disneyland and I would either sit down on the ground, you know, because you're young, so you're sitting down on the ground and watch Fantasmic, or I was standing and I noticed that when I was standing, my lower back would really start to hurt. And I thought, well, maybe that's just because of the bike, you know, because of that accident. So I went through life like that. There was no problem there. Again, I was young, so off I went. And all the jobs I had, you know, before that, and then we're lifting things. I was working in mail rooms, so I was lifting, I, I was lifting big, big, big things and magazines and 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 stuff. And so, yeah, I just kept going at it. 
even with the spine the way it was. So uh, fast forward a few years, and I got out of that 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 business, and I went back to I went back to college and became a and I was going to go into film, became a journalist, and uh, ended up working for a newspaper up in the hills. And when I really noticed how bad my back had gotten was I had to cover a parade and the newspaper was on a hill and I left the newspaper, walked down the hill and I was okay. I was starting to feel a little bit of pain in my left leg. When I came back up the hill, I could hardly walk. My left leg was just, just, just screaming. And I remember I, I must've looked like I was hurting really bad because the people along the, the route of the parade were feeling sorry for me enough to offer me a place to sit and to rest. And, and they were, yeah, they, they were kind of making comments about how terrible it was for my boss to have me out there because I was in such pain. So I finally broke down and went in to the doctor to have this looked at. Oh, I got to digress. I no, I don't have to digress. I'm good. So I finally broke down and went to the doctor to have this looked at and they scanned it and uh, I had a real bad pinched nerve. And at that point they scanned my back as well. And I had, they saw that I was suffering from spinal stenosis. At that point I ended up getting um, two injections in, you know, or, or two or three injections in my back, which lasted about two days. And then I was back in, back in pain. So then they put me on an opioid. The first time I ever uh, was put on an opioid. And um, that was all fine and dandy. In fact, it, it felt better, except it was an opioid that I wasn't really fond of. Karen and I talked about that the other day that she had been on that same one at some point. And I, gotta, I have to digress a little bit because before this happened, I had uh, been working for another paper. And I, I had a TV show I was filming. It's called California Adventure. Not to be taken away from Disney because this is way before Disney created California Adventures, so they can't be mad at me, you know. But uh, I, and I had gone up the mountains to shoot some stuff in the snow, and I had ended up sliding on about 30 feet of ice on my side. And then I was in tremendous pain from that as well. Turns out that that was a, that, 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 gave me a bulging disc by doing that. Okay. So that I digress. So now, now we're up to the pinch nerve. So I, I got on this, this opioid and they, they were giving me muscle relaxants and all this. And it was just crazy because this opioid was one of these things you had to have food with it. And I'm a newspaper reporter and I'm on the road and on the move all the time. And it was really hard to time taking this opioid with food, you know? So I did it and I lasted about probably about a year on this, on this particular opioid. And then, um, I went out of town. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I went out of town with my mom and dad on a vacation. And we were driving out the country, uh, this, this home we had up in Northern California. And the brakes on the uh, van went out. And we went about 50 yards across a farmer's field. And I was bouncing. Just bouncing on the seat. It was craziness. I mean, the, the van was even airborne a couple times. I'm, I'm amazed it didn't flip. And when I got out of the when I got out of the van, I couldn't stand up straight. Yeah, I mean it, it was it was spooky. I walked over 
I was hunched over, walked over the the, the, the the squad car, and I was I remember leaning over it, and I thought, oh my god, I can't stand up. And then the thought occurred to me that if I didn't stand up, I was never going to be able to stand up right again. So I forced myself up, not realizing that the accident had knocked my knocked two of my vertebrae one on top of each other at the base of my back, and the pain was excruciating. So I go back, you know, so I'm taking this opioid, you know, and I'm doing my thing and trying to survive and get through all this. Went through a lot of years in pain, tons of years in pain. About a year later, went on vacation and um, it happened to be a Friday and my doctor was out. And I could not get my pain pills and I was going to be out the following Monday and I was going to not be home that week, right? And so my father at the time had two hip replacements and he was with Kaiser. And at that time, before all this crackdown went into effect, they were giving, you know, he was getting three, three months supplies of, of, of uh, pain pills, which happened to be the ones that I'm on now. And this, this is where it leads into. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to see, ask him if I can borrow some of his, take some of his so I can make my trip and go. And I did. And I couldn't believe how great they made me feel. You know, they're not supposed to take all your pain away. That's not what pain pills do. Pain pills are supposed to take your pain away enough so that you can function in your life. You know, so it makes your life just, just functional enough that, that, that you can enjoy it again and get things done and do things. Because before I started taking this particular pill, when I would vacuum my house or when I would mop my floors, it would take me hours because I would have to sit down. The pain was so excruciating because of that angle. From, you know, from where the, 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 those vertebrae sit in my back, it was just excruciating. That was that perfect angle, right? But the opioid, but, but this particular opioid took it all away. Okay. And I remember how great it felt. I, mean, I went to Oakland Day spring, uh, spring training and I was able to walk, you know, through the stands and do all this other stuff that I couldn't have really done on the other pills. So I get back and I go in to see my doctor and I, I admitted to her what I had done, that I had taken these pills and uh, she was not happy with me, you know, because of course it's somebody else's stuff. But she agreed with me. I showed her my range of motion. I told her how, how it made such a huge difference and how I felt. So from then on, it's been 13 years. I've been on the same medication, same dosage, everything. Which brings me up to today. So now you know I've got spinal stenosis, I've got a bad disc, I've, I've even got uh, bone spurs in my back, and then I've got these two vertebrae that are on top of each other. And it's like scraping. In fact, when I walk, sometimes I have to bend over because my my, my leg will start going to sleep. So it's because, uh, you know, the, the, the fluid essentially dries up. There's no fluid. So I have to bend over to reopen the, to reopen everything, to get everything flowing again so that I can walk. It happens every once in a while. It hasn't happened quite, you know, very recently. But it does when I have to walk long distances. And, uh, but, you know, my pain is 80% gone, right? So I'm able to function. I'm, I'm able to clean house. I'm able to go do yard work. I'm able to do things. I was even able to ride, get back on my bike, you know, for the longest time. So, it brings me up to where this all this um, opioid crisis mess started back in like 2016. Um, 
I was with a farm. I was with a big chain pharmacy, big chain store. I'm not going to say which one. And I'm not talking like CVS. I mean like a shopping store, big chain. And I remember the first time I had to sign, you know, that, that this started happening. And, you know, they were really good about it. There was never really an issue with them. Um, I, you know, I, I had to end up signing that paperwork, you know, for everybody that, that, that is chronic pain and has to take these pills. The DEA has forms for you to sign because you have to be in a database so that, so they can keep an eye on you. So I remember signing the forms in triplicate, you know, and turning them in over at this particular chain store. And I mean, it was scary because, you know, it had the logo of the, of the DEA on there and all that, you know, and right away you're thinking, my God, they, they, they think I'm an addict. This is how they're keeping an eye on me. Big brother is watching, you know, but back then, the qualifications weren't as tight. Well, they were tight, but not as tight as they are now. Or the, you know, or, or back then the pharmacists and the doctors weren't as afraid as they are now. Because I remember days when, you know, when they were, because they would get their pill shipments in, right? Like anything else. And I remember times when they didn't have mine. And I would question them and then it would turn out, you know, luckily I always have like an extra day's worth. And then, and so it would turn out that somebody didn't pick theirs up. So I would end up with somebody else's supply because nobody, someone didn't come in to get, to get them, you know, so it was like that, but, but that, you know, slowly that, that changed because, you know, they're only allowed to get so much in. And it used to be also that they were able to put, hang on. I think Karen's calling. Give me a second. We're live. What's up? Are you there? Oh, did I turn you down? Hang on. Are you there? Okay. Don't know. Let me text her. Hang on. But um, let's see if she's ready. Like I said, she was stuck in traffic. So give me a second here. I'll text her. But uh, but like I said, little by little. Um, Things started to change and it got tighter because I remember that they would get shipments in, but they were able to figure out, you know, who, you know, certain times of the month, who was going to be their usuals to have to have these medications. So they would order accordingly to the um, to, to whoever was in line to, to have the meds. And uh, that changed little by little. And now the, my understanding is the way it works. They only get so many because there's, there's a shortage. But the DEA caused the shortage because they have shut down a lot of a lot of the um, the big pharmaceutical labs that have created that that, that 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 make these these pills, right? So there's a shortage. There's a shortage now. There's that what I don't uh, that that pharmaceutical company now that's still fighting the DA for their license. They decided to fight the DA over it, but there is a shortage. A shortage, so they can't predict how much they're going to get a month. So it makes it harder for people that are getting getting these meds. Luckily, I haven't had a problem yet, but you never know. You know, the, you know, I've been fortunate. I'm due to get them Tuesday, and we'll see what happens on that. And I don't think I've ever gotten them on a Tuesday before. It's always been like a Thursday. You know, and I know for a fact that I, um, Fridays are bad days. Because I know that I remember when I, sw I had to switch pharmacies because my coverage wasn't being covered by the one I was at. So I had to switch over, and I remember them telling me because I was always having my appointments on Thursdays. 
And I remember them telling me, uh, Fridays, you know, you're just barely getting them because that's the end of the week and then we're, then they're gone. So I always try to get them earlier in the week. So it should be interesting to see what happens because it might be too early in the week. You know, maybe you're better off midweek, you know, getting them. I don't know. We'll have to see. It's all a gamble. But, uh, I go in Tuesday and, and last month, and and she she and I did not get off on a good foot. And you know, most doctors, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? You know, even your regular G, GP doctor is going to say, "How are you doing?" You know, and I, was, I didn't get that. What I got last month was, "Oh, you haven't done this. Oh, and let's talk about this other drug." And this drug is a drug that they give to addicts to get addicts off of the opioids. And I kind of looked at her. And so, you know, and then the last thing I heard from her last month was, well, I'll give you your prescription, but we're going to have to talk about this other drug next, next time. So I left. So I went and prepared this week. And um, it's interesting because every January, and people that have taken pain meds know this, every January you have to sign a new contract with your pain management group. You have to sign this contract saying, I'm not going to get drugs from anywhere else. And if I, if I go to the dentist or whatever, you know, I have to go through you for, for these drugs, you know, to have them notify you, yada, yada, yada. And it was interesting because it was like a 10 page form I signed. And, and I know last time I was on, I, I brought out the, pay, the, the California pain patients bill of rights. And I read some of them off for you guys. And this is what it sounded like to me. It looked like amendments to that bill of rights, only it was for the physicians end of it. So I signed it all, got through all that. In the meantime, I'm listening, you know, up, uh, of course, uh, up on the TV screen, and they're talking about injections and all this other stuff that they can do to help people. And I get done, I put everything away, and uh, I was running a little behind, so I'm listening to some of the uh, patients that are in the office with me. And one of them is in a wheelchair, another one's an older man, and I, I could hear him saying, well, they're trying to do this, and you know, the nerd, you know, they keep telling me this and keep telling me that and I'm fighting them. You know, I, I want to keep my, I want to keep my pill. I feel good. And, you know, my, my back doesn't hurt when I'm on the pill and all this. And I was, I was hearing this from like all the patients that were around me. And so I kind of started getting a conversation with them and I said, yeah, I know what you mean. And, you know, to have this conversation again, you know, I keep saying this show after show after show that they've targeted the wrong people. They blanketed the tar, you know, they blanketed everything and they've targeted the wrong people because it's the pain patients that are getting hurt by all this. So I, fin I finished filling out this mountain of paperwork that they want me to fill out. And I'm waiting. And like I said, I'm talking with some of the other patients in the office. And honestly, that place used to be packed. I mean, there were tons of patients in that place every day, every time I went. Only like three or four of us now. I mean, real, real minimal because people are leaving that office because. They're, they're leaning more towards injections and all that as opposed to helping, you know, by, by medicating. And uh, so my turn comes up. I go in and I'm, my blood pressure is really, really low. I hadn't eaten all day and I'm waiting on her and uh, she comes in finally. And that's when I, I finally opened it up and I said, you know, you and I got off on the wrong foot. I think we need to sit down and have a normal conversation together. To, you to get to know me. So I went in, uh, you know, and I told her, and I said, look, I stood up and I said, 
you see my you see my MRI. You've seen what's wrong with my back. You've seen that that I'm like the Tin Man down down at the base of my back. You know, with those with, with those two vertebrae. How many people can do this? And I and, and I need to over touch my toes, and did the whole cherry picker thing. You know, like you do when, when you're doing a calisthenics. And she just kind of looked at me and started scribbling notes. And and uh, I stood up and I stood back up. I sat back down. I said, I'm going to be very honest with you. I have this radio show I do. It's, it's, par- it's more paranormal than anything else. But I've decided to take people on this journey with me. So I'm going to be very honest and, 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 and upfront with you in that I'm going to be talking about our visits and what I'm going through. And she, she said, okay, that's fine. That's cool. She was cool with it. I said, I won't use your name, but, but we're going to discuss that. You know, I'm going to be talking about this. So I sit down and uh, we start having a conversation about the CDC rules, you know, and, and, and that. And, and, and I, I want to be very open. So I told her the same story I told you about my pain, where the pain came from, how I got it, et cetera, et cetera. And she, and, and, and I understand this. I understand the doctors are scared. I get it. And she told me several times, she says, you know, I, I, I could lose my license. I could lose my license by giving people these. You know, I, I could lose my license. So I start going out and, t- and talking to her about the CDC rules. You know, the whole 90 MME thing, you know, where 90 MME is, is the amount of morphine, how the, it's a weird figure they have with the amount of morph they figure it in morphine units for a pain medication, you know. And uh, it used to be a full, it used to be like 120 mme they allowed. And at that point, that, that was way back in, in like the the the, the teens, the, the, the 20 teens, that when I had my other pain management uh, group, I remember going in and talking to him about stuff, and he says, "Well, you know, when you look at what you're taking, you're really on the low end compared to what the CDC actually wants people to, to do." So I thought that's weird. It, it never occurred to me. You know, I never had a problem, so I just kind of blew it off. But now that they're they're after me for getting on, I want to say I want to say it's Suboxone, okay, Suboxone, which they use for addicts to help bring them down to to, to help get the stuff out of their system. Suboxone, all right. So I'm telling her, and I said, well, okay, now it's down to ninety, and I understand they want people fifty. To start tapering off as well of these MMEs, I said, "Well, where does that?" I asked her, "Well, where does that leave me?" I am at thirty MMEs. How much lower am I supposed to go? I'm like on the, I'm like on almost the lowest rung of all this, and she kept going. Well, you know, we 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 have to start tapering people. It's, it's our licenses if we don't all this. And I said, "The problem is you're tapering the wrong people." And I was very honest with her about. I said. You're taping people like me. I'm not an addict. I need it for 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 way for what they call comfort of life or, or whatever they call it. Right? I mean, my last and I told her that I said my you know my last pain clinic doctor told me that it's for it's for I forget what they got way of life right it's it's, it's to keep it's it's for my life so that I can function in my life. And uh, she she agreed with me. And she's scribbling stuff down. I don't trust them either because there's horror stories about doctors that write stuff down and then you end up black flagged. So I asked her directly. I said, and I'd like to know what you're writing, 
what you know what you're scribbling over there on on your pad because I don't want to be black flag. Oh no, I won't. I won't do that. I won't black flag you. So I start to read the pain patients, the California Pain Patients Bill of Rights to her. I start I start getting quotes off of that about that, and I go, you know, you know, according to this, I'm reading. Hang on. Thank you. Quality of life. Karen, I'm going to call you in a minute. Just hang in. Just hang on there. Once I shut up, I'll call you. Give me a minute. So Karen, Karen's in the house. So um, I'm reading this stuff off to her, you know, for the pain patients bill of rights. And, and, and I, I don't think, I, I, I don't think she knew about them. I really don't. Cause, because she seemed surprised as I was reading this stuff off about the fact that I could request, you know, I could literally say no to different treatments and request an opioid. You know, and one of the treatments that they're mumbling about for me is they want to give me a spinal stimulator. And I talked to a friend yesterday who has back problems and he loves it. He loves the spinal stimulator. But I don't get how it's going to work for me because it's one thing to have my spine messed up with spinal stenosis, but it's another thing because I've got the two collapsed vertebrae. I mean, how, how is that spinal stimulator going to fix my, make my vertebrae stop hurting, right? So anyway, um, she mentioned injections because the, the, the one, the doctor that I do not like to deal with wanted to schedule me for like 60 injections in my back, 60. And I refused to do it. And one of the other reasons I refused to do it is I have congestive heart failure and heart failure patients have a hard time lying on their stomachs. They feel constricted when they're breathing. And I found that out because I kept dodging because they kept, they kept starting to set up these appointments for me to get these injections and I kept dodging. And finally I got a hold of somebody there who said, Oh yeah, you got congestive heart failure. And I said, what's that have to do with it? He says, well, it's hard on heart failure patients to be on their stomachs. Duh. So I finally had to have her put that on record yesterday or the other day. And I told her that I said, I don't do injections because I've done, A, I've done them before, they didn't work. And B, I have heart failure and I'm not comfortable lying on my stomach at all. So scribbling the notes, right? And again, I said, can you tell me what you're writing about me? Because I know about the black flag. She says, no, no, we won't do black. I don't do black flags. I don't do that. But you can't, you know, that's the point. That's where the patients and the doctors are right now. They're at the point where they don't trust doctors at all. It's bad enough when you're having surgeries and you want to, you know, and you're in the hospital and you want to make sure you're you're getting the meds that they prescribe, the proper meds at the right time, right? That's bad enough. Or you do your double check and, and you and you and you get a second opinion at the doctor's office, right? Because you want to make sure that the doctors are, are doing the right thing for you. But with this, you got you got these people are pres- are, are prescribing this stuff left and right, spinal stimulators. Um, there's the pain pumps that, the, that they install in your back that that they will inject so much. I'm going to call it venom. So much pain medicine in, you know, and then and then they have to adjust to distribute it and blah 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 blah. And the other part of our conversation, to me, which is frightening, I've got PTSD for doctors and dentists and everything, and I fully admit that I have this PTSD going on ever since I had heart failure. I've got this PTSD about dying at the hands of a doctor. And she's telling me that, well, if they start to work, 
not with this Suboxone, but this other stuff, you know, this, this stuff, I'm going to get Karen on the phone here in a minute. Um, this stuff that's not, that's not an opioid that they claim is better than an opioid, which I find hard to believe. I'm not a doctor. Okay. I'm just telling you, I'm not a doctor. Okay. I'm a health reporter. That's, that's what I did for a living. So it's a non-opioid. It's supposed to be just as strong as an opioid. I don't I, Give me a break. Give me a break. You know, I might as well go back on Tylenol. So we were talking about that. And she says, yeah, that way you would be coming on. You know, we, we would ta start tapering you off the opioid and da, da 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 and all this. And I said, you know, you realize I have congestive heart failure. If you taper me too fast, if you screw up the amount that you're tapering me by, I could go into the shakes and heart racing and all this stuff. I have congestive heart failure. The blood pressure will go up. In fact, I know, I know a gentleman who was tapered just recently. And not, not from my doctor's office, but from another office who went through that. His heart was racing. His blood pressure went up. And all this happened to him. If, you know, and I told her, I said, if, I'm gonna, if I end up doing this, I don't want to do it. But if I end up doing this, it's going to be at a hospital under supervision. Because I'm not going to do it at home and then have to call an ambulance to come get me because I'm, because I'm having a heart attack with my heart failure. I'm not going to do it. So that kind of stopped the conversation about that. So then the MRI results haven't come back yet. And I laughed and I said, well, how much you know, do you think from last year are the MRI results going to change for my back? The only thing I've done is I, two years ago I fell. You know, and that was painful. So maybe I chipped something else for all I know. But I mean, how much more do you think my MRI is going to change from year to year? It's not going to. If anything, my back will be worse. Right? In fact, last time I had the MRI, I got sent in to have my bone density scan done because they thought that my bones were getting weak. But they weren't. It just there were shadows and stuff. Probably from the bone spurs that are floating around in my back. But anyway, um, so we had that conversation and then you know, we got into where she wants to taper me off and she explained it to me. Well, we'll give you so much of this drug and then we'll taper you off your pills and then we'll play around with it and see how it works. And I said, well, how do you figure you're going to do this when I only come once a month? You know, and that's where I told her. And I said, I don't want to end up in the, I don't want to end up calling an ambulance because I, because the shakes are so bad or whatever. I don't want to do that. I want to be under a full supervision at a hospital. If you're going to, you know, if that ha has to occur. I don't want it to occur. So then I had the conversation with her, got back into the pain patients bill of rights, had the conversation with her about, um, according to what I'm reading in the bill of rights here. And if you guys want, I can read it off for you because it's more accurate if I read it. But if I decide that I want to go the route of oral medication for this, you know, oral opioid, and they don't want to provide that, their office isn't going to provide that oral opioid. The doctor, according to the Bill of Rights, is supposed to direct you to a doctor who works with oral opioids. And she said, I don't think that's right. You know, I, I, I don't remember reading that. And so I read it to her. Because when I was with the other doctor and they switched over to doing injections, he called me in his office, the nurse practitioner, called me into his office at that particular doctor's office and he gave me a 30-day prescription, and he says, okay, this is what's going on here. 
if you want to stay here and, and do those kind of treatments, it's up to you. But I'm giving you a 30-day prescription so that you have the opportunity to find another doctor or, or another pain clinic, which is what I did. I went to this one. So I've been, I've been at this one two years. And uh, that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to let you have the option or help you find another pain doctor that will provide that opioid. You have the right to refuse treatments, right? I've done, and I've, I've been really good about it. I've done their physical therapy. I've done all that stuff that they've wanted me to do. I've jumped through all their hoops. You know, I'm just to the point where the only thing that works for me is the opioid. The other thing the studies will tell you when you get to reading these studies is that opioids don't work for pain. I'm sorry, what? You know, and that's what happens to me. Three o'clock in the morning, I'm reading through these studies. I'm sorry, what? They don't work for pain, or you get too used to them, and then you have to build up because because you build up a tolerance. I want to tell you from my experience, but my body is different than everybody else's. I've been on the same dose of the opioid that I'm on for almost 14 years, and it still does the job. Maybe I'm one of those rare people that still does the job, but it still does the job. Like I said, 80% of my pain is gone when I take it. So something is wrong between my experience and a lot of other people's experiences, like in that waiting room, and what these doctors are hearing from the CDC and the Fed, you know, from, from the feds. Because if you do the research and you start looking into this stuff, and there's a wonderful pain patients newspaper online that I found. And they have all kinds of stuff in there. They've got pain advocates on staff. You'll find out, and just like I, um, Facebook, right? Facebook. Facebook, um, there's, 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 there's pain forms, chronic pain forms on there. There's all kinds of stuff you can look up. And one of the forums, and, and it's like my, I've got this brain fart going on. One of the forums has a, a, a breakdown of the CDC guidelines and explanations for them. And within that forum, it'll tell you that the doctors that were polled and did these studies for pain patients were never pain doctors. It was all from a mixture of different types of doctors, but it was never somebody, you know, a sports doctor or, or a pain management doctor. So this is coming from doctors that never have dealt with pain patients at all. And that's where these enhancements came from, okay? The problem you got, give me one minute, Karen. Give me two more minutes, Karen. The problem you got is that the doctors, those CDC guidelines are suggestions. That's all they are. They're guidelines, suggestions. But the doctors are so afraid they've taken all this literally. And this is what pain patients are going through. Every month when I go in to the doctor, I have to fight for my pills. You know, and like I said, I'm very cooperative. I've done physical therapy a couple of times, two, three, four times. I'm probably going to end up doing the spine, the, the, that, 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 that base of the spine stimulator thing. Because if I feel if I'm not cooperative to certain things, I won't get my medication. Even though they don't come right out and say that. So I have to be cooperative to, to certain things. And as long as it's non-invasive, I'm good. You know, 
I don't want anything sticking in me. I don't want them opening me up for anything. So as this meeting went on on Tuesday, we got to know each other really well. Really, where, we were, where, where, where I was coming from, I told her my concerns. She took meticulous notes about it. And I told her, and I'm not going to tell you guys how old I am because I don't like to think about how old I am. But I said, I said, I'm blah, blah years old. How much longer do I have? Really, with heart failure and everything else, how much longer am I going to be on Earth? I don't want to go back to how I was before I took these pills. I don't want to be that person again. Because that person was miserable, couldn't move, couldn't do anything. I don't want to be there. So we had this, so like I said, we had this conversation. And she said, okay, uh, well, you know, we haven't got the results back from the MRI, so we'll just take... We'll take a look at those, and then we'll go from there. And I said, okay, fine. I'm fine with that because I know what my MRI looks like. It's, it's spooky to look at when you look at my back. It's amazing I can stand up at all, that I can stand straight. So there's the update for what, happened, what, what I just went with you know, my visit this month. I'll be going back next month. You guys have an update then. And I'm going to have a special guest on next month. I wasn't able to get her on this month, but she'll be coming on next month. And she's a, a, pain, uh, a pain advocate. And there's also a doctor here in Sacramento that I'm trying to reach. I'm not going to see what hospital he works for, but he is also a pain advocate, this doctor, this particular doctor. And he's a, he's a regular MD. So I'm going to try and get him to come on the show as well to talk about this. Because, it's, like I said, it's not just me. and It's not just an isolated incident with me. It's happening all over. You know, I wish I could ever give permission to talk to these people in the waiting room. I'm not going to go around in my doctor's office and start asking people permission. I'm not going to do that. Because I'm a, essentially I'm a freelancer, you know. I, I work for my own show here, and I work for various newspapers. But I don't have that press pass to go. Hi, I'm a freelancer for so and so. So I have to be careful and, and, and selective when I do this stuff. All right, let me get Karen on the phone, and then we'll uh, have her add in some stuff and see her updates from them taking her off cold turkey. You know, and we'll, we'll talk about some stuff. Okay, give me a second here to get her on the phone. I still call it dialing for dollars. Or not? <laughs> Murphy's Law. Hello, are you there? All right, let me get you. Let me put you over there. Hang on. Let me move you over. So we can have a conversation. Hang on. Let me move her over. I told you guys I don't have like a phone wrap. I have to do it like this. All right, Karen, you there? Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yes, I'm here. Let me put my border up here. Karen, you're in a box. <laughs> It's Karen in a box. You guys heard Jack in the box? It's Karen in a box. How was your pain levels today? It, it was kind of high this morning, but um, it, it's there. It's there. Tell me about your... How was yours, Charlotte? I'm good. My pain level's really good today. It's nice. It's, it's, been, good. A good, it's been a good pain day. Tell me, and I, I know you, you, know, you have good days and bad days since, oh, since, yeah. they, since they took you off the stuff. Tell uh -huh. me what your tell me what your days are like. I mean, just uh, tell me about the good days. Tell me about the bad days. My bad days 
my my good days are usually anywhere from you know what I'm gonna take this off speak um my good days are anywhere from having about level two to stage five. Um five is like my baseline. Mm-hmm. And then my bad days are when I'm doubled over with other problems. Um my vision sometimes gets blurry when it happens to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. My heart races. There's just all these different signs. Did they offer you anything at all in place of this uh, of your medication? No. I'm tapering off. I'm off opiates. I've been off opiates for three months, and I took such a low dose. But right. still, what was interesting, I didn't know, is that when you take somebody... You withdraw them from opiates. Mm-hmm. You have to do it really careful. Even if the initial dose is minuscule, it's not that much. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter your reaction to having withdrawals. So they're just saying if you're coming down from a little bit versus a lot. Right. Right. And you know, like like Suboxone, that's what Suboxone is for, is to help bring people down off of opiates. So I'm surprised they didn't even do that for you. But I mean, the, the way they cut no, you off was didn't. real ugly. It was really ugly. It, it was just one big mess up. And I could tell both of my doctors felt really bad. I, I just took the high road and said, you know, it's not your fault. But where do you put the blame? The blame is. It wasn't a smooth transition from the DEA cracking down on schedule of one and two medications mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and wiping out pharmacies. Yep. And just basically caused it caused uh, chaos that the last thing a chronic pain patient needs to go through is more chaos. Right. And because of it, I'll just recap. I went through withdrawals. Uh, unnecessarily where I ended up in in the emergency room with seizures and my tachycardia and my blood pressure were just off the charts and um, I felt like I was it was the weirdest thing because I I, you know me I'm kind of a loud mouth to begin with I'm not a quiet one (laughs) but when I was going through that it was like you had a racing mind that didn't stop yes. either. And the skin scary. crawling. And, and, and I don't know, nobody, if you haven't done this and had to come down off this stuff, when your skin starts to crawl, it is the weirdest feeling and it's the most uncomfortable feeling. It's hard. It's like you got spiders underneath your skin, you know, and things are moving. Yeah. It's just it's just crazy. And with Karen, you guys got to remember, Karen's an LVN. So Karen, Karen knows about this stuff. You know, She's the LVN. I'm not. I'm not the doctor. But I mean, you know, Karen's not a doctor either. But she, no, but she basically either. knows about this stuff because she's worked around it. You know, with the hospitals and stuff. But you know what's so interesting is that when I started going on this health truck, I thought, oh, my nursing background will help me. Mm-hmm. Working in case management coordination will help me. It didn't. As a patient, it's just 100% different being a patient. 
that's what I, you know, I, I was going to ask my uh, NP the other day, and I didn't, I didn't get a chance to because I was dazzling her with my charm. That I was going to ask her if she had ever been in pain in her life and had to had to deal with it, you know, because I think that's a lot of the problem is, like in your case too. I mean, you had never been in pain and, and you were a clinical person in a hospital, and so the people that are treating you really have no clue what it's like to literally be in pain. Not at all. You know, so, I mean, that's something that if I was, I'm so old now, it doesn't matter. If I, I would go to medical school just so I could become an MP, you know, an MP, just so I, I could treat people with chronic pain because I understand them. Right. Because I think that would be the better doctors. But like Karen said, it's not their fault. It's not the doctor's fault that they're afraid. It's like, it's like my, it's like my NP kept telling me I could lose my life. You know, I, I could lose my license. I could lose my license over this distribution. But you know what's happening because of all the chaos going on, mm -hmm. trying to get all this settled and efficient and running that smoothly for the patients and the doctors and working with all the guidelines, the regulations. What happens is that um, things kind of get lost in the shuffle. Yes. Like, for instance, I've been seeing this one doctor I made an appointment with today. No, for uh, for tomorrow, actually. She's, she's great. But the office staff was just beside themselves when I was going through my withdrawals and the phone calls were swinging back and forth, back and forth. And that that's not normally how it ever happened. No. Ever. Mm -hmm. It was just like I was in this surreal movie. I didn't understand what was happening. Yeah. And then they weren't up front. And then when I saw my PCP, I could just tell how he talked to me. He was like, that was it. He had to do it. Mm -hmm. He said, that's it. Mm -hmm. He told me that he had to take hospice patients off of their yes. pain meds. Yep. Stage four hospice patients? Yep. Are you kidding me? Yep. That's crazy. It is and crazy. the other bad thing, these, yeah. these good corner mom paw shops with good intentions, the mm -hmm. pharmacies are being shut down. Yes. Well, yeah, when For I go in, reason. to give you an idea, when, when I go into a pharmacy to pick up my 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 opioid i'm on a master list with the feds okay so i've had this doc this this other doctor who i don't like dealing with at all he threw that up in my face one day and he he whipped out these files and says well let's see here 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 you went in for opioid pick up your pills so they know exactly when you're going in to get them and you know when you're getting them and the key that they want right now is they want everybody off opioids. Everybody's supposed to be off of them. And it doesn't make, there's no logic to it. There's no rhyme or reason. Then why are the, manu the drug companies manufacturing them? Well, that's why there's that one. They've been shutting down drug companies. There's a big shortage right now. And there's the one particular, and I don't remember who they are off the top of my head. But there's a big lawsuit going on right now because they're refusing to cooperate because they, they want to keep making them because they know they're beneficial, you know, for some people. 
And so they're trying to shut this place down, and, and there's a big fight going on. The other thing, you know, deaths are going up. Illicit drug deaths are going up. And, and, and people who are dying are people like me who, and Karen who have been on this stuff for a while. And we need it. You know, we need it to survive. So we're going out to the streets now to buy this stuff. And you don't wow. you don't know what you're getting, and then there's a lot of overdoses going on through that, and that's that. Those are the st- the statistics that the CDC and the feds are looking at. They're not looking at the fact that oh, this so and so got got his drugs cut off by the doctor when he was a chronic pain patient on the same meds for you know ten years. He went out on the streets to get it, and then he overdosed. Mm. They're looking upon them as drug seekers, and that's not right either. No, not at all. And it would be nice. Like, my chief complaint was how I was taken off of them so irresponsibly. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the doctor's fault or the government's fault or the DEA or the CDC, it, it all ties in together. But the transition was not smooth, and I'm, I suffered for it. Yeah. So then I make an appointment that I thought was for tomorrow and ended up being today. And you could just tell how stressed out those clerks and registration people are because I called and I said, I repeated my um, appointment three times and then Michael will type it right in. Mm -hmm. So I know it was for tomorrow, but they were insistent it was today. And she kind of got nasty with me. Mm-hmm. She's stressed out, and then I try to hold, not get nasty back. That doesn't get you anywhere. But it's just such unnecessary chaos. Yeah. And it's, it's just because they're all running scared right now. And, I mean, there's those, like I, like I said in the first show we did together, there's horror stories. There's horror stories of people like me who have their monthly appointments. I have to go in once a month to do, and, and do a urine test and all that stuff to prove that I'm not taking things I'm not supposed to take, right? And there's a lot of horror stories about the DEA going in and shutting down these clinics. And people get no notice. They go to do their monthly appointment, and there's a note on the door saying, um, we've been shut, you know, we've been closed. And we're not reopening. And there's no prescriptions or nothing. People are left without prescriptions. And it's sad. And that's what these places are afraid of. I have, you know, I, I have all the sympathy in the world for people, you know, like for, for for my MP. I get it. I get that she's afraid. The doctor, on the other hand, and like I said, I'm not mentioning names. That dude's like a used car salesman. I know. I go in there and he sell. He he sell. Oh, you should try this and we'll put this and we'll do this and we'll do that. And it's just like, dude, I just got done telling you I can't tolerate being on my stomach. You know, it's not. But I have all the sympathy in the world because because they're terrified. But the problem you've got is. Like this, this particular t- doctor I want to interview on the next show we do, he's standing up to him. You need more doctors really? that are going to stand up to this, yeah. And that's the problem is nobody stands up to him. And like I told you the other day, and I just I told them a little while ago, they've got doctors on on these boards that have never even been near pain patients, and they're setting these CDCs. So that's just a thing. That's just a thing. Like the lady that was trying to reschedule me said, I'll give you this choice or that choice. And I said, but it's imperative that I see her now because I'm tapering off my other medication. Right. And it's not a schedule one. It's a low schedule dose, but still it's something that needs to be watched. Yes. And uh, 
taking into account that I'm doing okay and, you know, I'm having some heart problems and this and that. And I wanted to make sure that she's on board that, the, and, and okay, so to get to the point, the lady that was trying to shuffle everything around is not a licensed medical person. Right. So I have my life in her hands. Yes. And she was not. She she was doing her job the best she could. I was the one that was frustrated. I apologized. I said, "I don't mean to be taking this out on you. I'm just really frustrated because there was a communication breakdown. That's yes. okay. We all do it. But um, then don't you know? This isn't a, a, a a session to talk about a dream I had a week ago. Right. This is something to do with heavy duty medication that you are, you know, getting off. Of. Like I said, I've been off the opiates for, oh my gosh, about two months, I guess. Mm -hmm. And again, it would be nice if I had the, the choice to take one when the pain hits so strong, right. like a PON as needed, but they won't do that. No, they won't. They won't do that, and I'm actually doing better than I thought I would with the um, being off of them, but then getting off my other ones, they're not opiates, but they're like relaxers. Right. Well, you, you know, know, it took everything. It's just crazy. It's crazy. The system is nuts. It took everything I had at the doctor's office sitting there in the waiting room because they, they, they've got the video up, right? It's up on the wall, and it's about all about these injections and all this. And then they got to other ways that you can that, 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 that will help if you're pain, okay? If you're in pain, let's say you're at work, right? And then this, this, how you do this in, if, if, you're, if you're working somewhere. This is how I look at it. If I had a real job, right? And let's say you end up in pain, and their suggestions are, well, you want to try certain stretching exercises and put in, and put an ice pack in a certain position for so long to take that pain away. You know, and it's like, well, what the hell good does that do you? If you're in a situation where you're at work during the day and the pain hits, it's you're breaking it's up. Just a flap in the face. It doesn't just flap in the face. Yeah, you're breaking it up. You're closer to the phone. Is that better? Yeah. I just, like I said, it feels like a slap in the face. It does. It feels like it, that sounds like it got stuck in the Bermuda Triangle and disappeared on me. Um, it's just it feels like a slap in the face, and it's like. The stuff they suggest, you know, it's like, it's all not, it's all non-help. It's not like, here, take a Tylenol and then put the ice pack on. No, it's, don't even do that and, and, and use this ice pack. I can't sit there during the day. I can't, to me, when I'm working, doing my newspaper reporting and doing my thing, I don't have time to sit there and put an ice pack on me three or four times a day to take, the, to, to do whatever it's going to do to my back. That's exactly what I have to do on certain days. I am in the back, in the tub, in the tub, in mm -hmm. the tub, yeah, and that. then back out with ice, 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 yep. anything to make the coping mechanism. Yeah. And it's like I'm, I'm living in my bathtub now because it helps with my pain a little bit with the salts and everything. Yep. But that's not a good quality way of life. It is a good quality way of life. Right? It's yeah. all about quality of life yeah. in a way. Yep. And the, bottom, I mean, and the bottom line is that that's what these pills do. I'm not saying everybody, you know, everybody is the same, but for the majority of, of, of chronic pain patients that are taking this stuff, it's a quality of life issue. 
Absolutely. You know, and we're not here. And again, I'm not here to do to do a complaint session. That's not what this is. Uh, you know, there's yeah. a lot of the press. God bless them. Can only cover so much. They can't get. They they can't physically. And I've yet to see. There's been a couple that have like covered. You know, here in Sacramento that, that have covered. Followed these these pain patients. But it's okay if it is a complaint session in a way because of everything we've gone through that was yeah. unnecessary. And this is the issue. This is why I'm doing this because I want you guys out there to know what it's like for me on a on a day to day basis or a month to month basis to have to deal with this and have to and have to fight for my quality of life because this is going on in every pain clinic all over the United States. I don't care where anybody says they go; it's going on in every pain clinic. Yeah, there's a lot of people with that same problem, and we're not alone. Yeah, and that's and that's what the press isn't reporting the press you know if they really want to make a mark that's hard to get permission because it's hospitals and doctors and stuff to get permission to actually go into a pain clinic and 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 participate for that part to to get the right story out to people and what's going on i'm just fortunate enough because uh you know i'm not i'm not giving out names of my pain clinic or anything like that so i'm just giving telling you guys what i'm going through and karen's telling you guys what she's going through to give you an idea of what actually transpires in these places and what we're going through as, as, as patients. And mm-hmm. am I going to get pills next month? I don't know. That's the thing that's, that's terrifying too. Every time I step through that door, there's a big question mark. But leading up to the appointment, I get nervous because I don't know if I'm going to get my pills. And it's not like your dose gets higher and higher and right. higher. You stay the same or you decrease. You work with them. Right. It's not like, oh, give me more. Oh, give me more. Right. It's not like that's part from the situation. Right. There's a big difference between You're me. not a drug seeker. No, I'm not a drug seeker. The other thing that you But were... we get treated like we are. Yes. We get treated like we're addicts. We get treated like we are. Like today, for instance, I'm talking to the Get closer. Get closer. You're breaking up. You're breaking up. You're breaking up. You're breaking up. And I, I didn't want to come across to the Karen. You know, a K A R E N Karen. Right. Even though I'm C A R E N. Yeah. I always try to give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to just spring on them. But after what happened, what transpired. I I had enough, and it, I I didn't like. I had a problem with her. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? She's delegating my health plan, and absolutely has no medical experience. So right. when I was telling her about the danger of being withdrawn, so I said, "Have a doctor call me." Oh, well, the doctor's busy till three weeks. I said, I don't care. This is my life and death here. Right, right. Which is why I told them the other day. I should not be treated like this if I'm no. paying for enough medications. And it was your fault that you guys made. I repeated the, the appointment three times. Yeah. And irrelevant if whoever's fault it was making the appointment. The important thing is that I get seen. Right, right. And if she can't see me, she better... Well, refer me out to somebody else that can. So I'm not lost in the dark like I have been. Absolutely. It's not right. And that's why when she started talking about 
tapering and all this. And I said, well, you know, that's where I said I've got congestive heart failure. There's no way in hell you're going to taper me and have me taper at home alone. It's going to be in a hospital setting mm-hmm. before I before I even consider it. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put with the way she kept putting it was well, well, you know, there's gonna be mistakes made, but 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 we'll finally get the the you know the right settings for you and all this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not. You I know, can't hear you very well. Okay, hang on. I'm gonna turn. Around. Okay. You know, it's like all they all she could say. No, I can hear you. All she could say is, well, we're gonna play we're gonna play with the dosage of this other stuff and and until we find the happy medium. I'm sorry, if my blood pressure goes up, if my heart starts racing, I could go back into heart failure. I am not going to sit here and... And pain. Yeah, it's pain. And raise too. Yeah, and that's not going to help. You know, so if I'm going to get stuck tapering off, which I hope I don't, I hope I can keep, you know, going like I am, then I want to do it in a hospital. Well, now they're saying that they're against opiates, too, because there's this rebound effect that people don't realize that keeps you in that chronic pain state but i would like to see studies and i would like to see peer-reviewed studies and written articles and papers about that before we accept it as god's word absolutely that's part of the whole problem is that people don't have the time or energy to do the legwork to find out so they just believe what they're told. Right. And that's the issue. They don't know how to critically think, or they do know how to critically think, but they don't think about critically think about their problem. Right. How it affects society, how it affects their families and themselves. Yeah. No, and yeah. Absolutely. None of this is taken into account. It's all black and white right now. Yeah. Everything absolutely. is black and white. Absolutely. And there have been studies, but the studies that they have had, from what I'm, my understanding is, there's only been one or two little studies, and they've never really gone that deep in, into somebody with chronic pain to see you know, what what affects what the chronic pain or all this. I mean, this whole thing that that pain pills won't won't, won't will give you more pain as you take if you take them long term is a crock. Yeah. I mean, and you know me, I, I decreased my own on my own when I was in Florida. Yeah. I, I said, I, I cut mine in half without even, t- the doctor said, okay, just be careful, do this, do that. But yeah. I did because I made that decision on my own. It wasn't because I had a, a finger pointed over me saying, bad girl, you need to go off of them. I wanted to wean off of them right. myself. Right. We're not out there. Uh, we're not. We're not out there. We're not street whore drug addicts. No, no. Michael, be careful what you say. We're on the air. We're live, Michael. Yes, we are. <laughs> oh my God! Did you hear that? I did not. Okay. okay you don't want to hear that. Hear Michael was just doing this funny joke. But and... that's the thing is that you know, like, like I said earlier, you know, I don't want to go back to the person I was before I started taking these. I didn't like that person. That person could not do things. That person could barely get out of bed. I don't uh-huh. want to go back to that because they help me. They actually do the job they're supposed to do. And like I told her, pain pills are not designed again to not. They're not designed to take all of your pain away. That's not what they're supposed to do. 
They're supposed to give it's you. It's an individual choice, right. isn't it, Charlotte? Yes. They're supposed to give I you. I decided to stay off of mine, right. but that doesn't mean that I would really like to know that if I go into centers in a pain, that I could have something that could take the edge off. Yes. Too. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so. I mean, it, it's a twisted road, and unfortunately, like Karen says, it's so black and white right now as opposed, you know, about the rules. And because really, you know, federal rules and the state rules here in California are different. But because it's federal, and these doctors are dealing with federals, they're afraid of them. You can't blame them for that. I, I, I don't blame them at all for that. But yeah, the federal rules are really messed up. Yeah, but what I do blame in all this is that there hasn't been. Any doctors, and I'm talking pain clinic doctors, not GPs or anything like that, but there hasn't been, or even a sports doctor, right? The sports doctors deal with this stuff. There hasn't been any of those types of doctors that have stood up and said, okay, let's sit down with, with these other guys that are making the rules and and, and and pound this thing out because I'm dealing with these patients every day. They're not doing that, and they should They're be. being directed, and they're not. They're not taking the stance yeah. for the, the people that it's affecting their lives considerably. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's what's sad. But like I said, this is not a, a be-off session. This this is trying to get the word out. And I promised you guys that I would, like, like when my MRI results come in, I'll try and get a copy of them so I can show you guys and show you exactly what's going on. Because I, I want people to know. I want people to know what, what, what is happening to patients out there. You know, because it's yeah. wrong. And like I told, I told the nurse, I told my practitioner that too, at the pain clinic. I said, you know what, what, what they're doing, what they're making you do is wrong, and you know it. And she agreed with me. So, Charlotte, have you read what's the tone in the country like? What's have you read any studies or read anything about if if it's changing for the better or? Is it going to get worse before it gets better? Anything? It's going to get worse before it gets better. The CDC revamped their guidelines because somebody felt, supposedly, you know, we don't know what they're thinking, but the CDC felt that the doctors took it too literally. And so according to them, they tried to make these changes, you know, to to the guidelines. But unfortunately... But they didn't think of the patients or the yeah. stress that would put on the doctors, did yeah. they? So the doc, unfortunately, the doctors are so stressed they're not seeing the new changes for what they are because one of the changes in there says that the doctors do have, do have the ability and they're allowed to have the ability to prescribe to patients as needed on a need to need basis, but it's not mm -hmm. happening because they're so afraid. And I think what's happening too, is that the, 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 uh, the, the drug enforcement DEA has a different set of rules than the CDC does. So it's conflicting. So they need to tell the left hand needs to tell the right what they're doing and sit down together because the DEA made their own set of rules and then CDC has their own set of rules and so the doctors are afraid of the DEA yada 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 so they're you know so they're trying to right. to do that balance and I think that's what a lot of the problem is and and there has to be a happy medium so I see it I see it getting worse I do I do see it getting worse because once they get everybody you know the theory is to get everybody off the opioids completely and not have any opioids. People taking opioids in the, in, in the United States at all. That, that that's what but they're. That's just after. black and white. That's like, you know, using a paintbrush just to broad paint a whole problem that 
it's like my analogy would be is like you have a country within that country you might have five or six ethnicities yeah so you're not just dealing with a country you're dealing with five or six ethnicities within that country right and everybody has a different story of what what they're going through they need to be listened on individual basis yes yes they have to be they have to be and that's what they're not doing they've got everybody under an umbrella so next month like i said i'm i'm lining up a doctor who was an advocate and he's from a very big hospital chain i'm not going to say where i'll let him tell you that and then i have hooked up with a couple pain advocates that that know a lot about this, so I'm going to have them on with Karen and I next month too. I didn't get a chance to do it That's this month because I got busy with other stuff and you know life got in the way. But we're going to be doing that next month. We're going to start having guests. Karen and I are going to start hosting guests on here who know a lot more about it than we do, and so um, you know we're going to get the pros and cons of all this. But that, that would be great to get those experts yeah. on. So we're going to be doing that, and as my journey continues, because I think by you know by next month they're, they're going to be able to see my MRI, and then we're going to. That, that battle is going to be on, you know, to, to say, you know, where they're going to say, hey, this can be treated with this, even though I know damn well because those two vertebrae are on top of each other, that really there's nothing they can do to the vertebrae to make it an easier on me at this point because they've infused, right. it's been fused for like 10, like eight years. So there's nothing they can do to shove underneath there or anything, you know. So, and it's going to be interesting next month to see what goes down at, at the office. And I've also gotten permission. I told her that I am going to search for another pain clinic. It's hard, you know. The other thing I found out in doing reading, and I don't know if it's speculation and what people are saying, but people that get off the opioids and they go on that other medication, I'm not going to say what it is, that pain clinics won't touch them. They don't want to deal with people that have done that because it's like they're treating an ex-addict. You have to go to like a meth clinic. Once you get all this other med. So, I mean, it's a mess, like Karen says. It's a big cluster. Okay, well, big update. Karen and I did our first show, an introductory show, on Tuesday night. It was no, Monday, Monday, Monday night on TikTok. And um, it was, was really fun. good. We had uh, 1,800 people watching us, which was cool. Got a bunch of likes. Really? Yep, which is really cool. We got, like, we got around 400 likes out of it. And all we did was really introduce ourselves and talk about some different haunted locations. So uh, we're going to be doing another one. Maybe this weekend we'll get together and do one. I'm trying to put I think these we should together. have one or two ghost stories. Yeah. You know, and so that's over on TikTok. And I'm trying to get a presence going on TikTok. I also would like to get on Facebook and do some and do some one-on-ones and have some chats. And it would have to be through StreamYard because Facebook doesn't like my, my uh, video camera here. So it would have to be through StreamYard into Facebook. But I would like to sit down and maybe maybe on a Saturday night, you know, get Karen on camera and we could tell ghost stories. Tell some ghost stories on that Facebook would be a blast. on a Saturday night, you know, for you guys. So I, I want to start doing that. Maybe addition. some other people in our group can ring in and share their part of it too. Yeah, you know, and, and do that. And that way, if, if we can do that on Facebook, I think what will work out with that is that if we're on Facebook doing that, I should, t- in theory, I'm just saying in theory, be able to uh, be on TikTok at the same time doing that. So we'll see. I'll see if I can fix that, you know, get that fixed up. But we're going to start, I think we're going to start doing that. And that'll be a thing that, that we do on Facebook once a week or maybe twice a month or whatever to get that going as well. So it's, uh, we're starting to get our presence done. I also um, ran into someone that, that I follow uh, on TikTok today 
who was reading off tarot cards, you know, just doing random readings, pick a card and read them. And uh, people seem to really like it. So I'm seriously considering uh, doing something like that over on TikTok, you know, to where somebody requests a, requests a card. Even you know, if you don't card. believe in the spirituality part of it, it can just be entertaining. Too. Yeah, yeah. So I'm seriously thinking about that because she got a lot of attention for doing it. So uh, we'll see. You know, I'm not, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not some attention speaker either. I'm just, I'm a seeker. I'm just trying to, you know, figure out where Karen and I are, are, are going to be able to really work together and stuff and, and, and have a, a presence, you know, online. Because it's, it's, uh, we're here to help people. That's it. Okay. All right. Digressing back with this pain thing really quick is that now that I am looking for another pain clinic, I have to be careful. Because one of the biggest no-nos right. is... Because all of your information is stored. Yeah, and one of the biggest no-nos is for people to go drug-seeking. And you get black flagged by the DEA if you, go, if, if you go out looking for another pain clinic. So you have to be really careful how you do it and when you do it. Otherwise, they, they, they will red flag you. It's like you get tired of it. Let's say you get tired of your pharmacy. You're having trouble getting stuff at your pharmacy. And you go to two or three different pharmacies to find a pharmacy that will... Maybe because some don't even give that stuff out, right? So you have to go find a mom and pop or something or some pharmacy that'll do it. Well, every time it's kind of like when you apply for a credit card. And if if there's a red flag on your account, that shows up to all the creditors. And then every time that, that you apply that you get turned down, that shows up on, on your credit report as well. And it's the oh same thing. Oh, my God. They get you everywhere they can. Yeah, it's the same thing with doing this and going out and me trying to find a different clinic because they will mark me down for being a seeker. So I have to be really careful how I do it. So I'm, yeah. like I'm seriously considering switching clinics, but you know, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out a way to, you know, to do that because I know of a clinic in my area that is okay with, you know, somewhat okay with stuff. So I'm looking at that. Plus I have to find one that, that my coverage is going to cover as well. So that's another challenge to life. But anyway, Karen, thank you for coming on. We're going to be back. Thank you, Charlotte, for giving me another platform. Yeah, we're going to be back. To expand on yeah. the journey. We're going to be back next month after I do my next appointment. And like I said, I've got two guests that I'm lining up for that. So Karen and I will be interviewing oh, two, I'm two other folks. It just, it just won't be us blah blahing over all this stuff. And uh, I, I think you're going to do that and enjoy, enjoy it. And, and yeah, I look stuff. forward to our ghost stories. Yeah that we've had over the last 20 almost 20 years yeah and um oh yeah they're embedded in your mind oh yeah so <laughs> we have so many of we've them. had a lot of incredible experiences over the years and we you know we want to share those out and i think yeah that's what we're going to do we're going to find a separate guy on facebook to do it you know facebook live or even go on youtube live probably facebook live that would be a blast and do it and then we're also going to be doing that over tiktok so we're going to be pretty busy Maybe it's fun to get out to a hotel or a motel or just somewhere fun too yeah to get out and, and do it you know as a live thing so yeah so we're so uh, we're working on putting all that together and uh i know we're going to get back on together to, to uh, talk ghost stories this weekend or the week or, or a couple days after that for tiktok you know keep that flow going all right so tomorrow is nancy matt's friday and uh uh, I don't remember the damn topic is. Anyway, so uh, just check out the uh, the teaser for the topic because I can't remember off the top of my head today because it's hot in here. And uh, it's, it should be a good show tomorrow, a really good show. If you haven't checked it out already, I had a really good interview last night with um, Lynn Monet. Please check that out over, over at YouTube. Really, really good interview. If you haven't seen the Tinkerbell interview, 
you're missing something. That was fascinating. Yeah, you need to go check that out. It's an hour and a half long, but it's well worth it. It's it's well worth it. Um, well, just... Shava, thank you so much again, and I'll talk to you real soon. Okay, and so goodbye, good. everybody. Have a good one, Karen. Stay in good health. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. Again, I'm in a box here. It's set up in a contact lens box. Um, so anyway, I want to thank everybody, and uh, like I said, I'm going to be I'm going to be very open with you guys about my journey through all this and how I'm maneuvering through the system. And I think a big plus of what went right on this last doctor visit was I went in not so much armed, but you know I had I I, I had copies of that pa patient's bill rights on my cell phone, so I was able to go in with that, you know, and say, look, I, I'm finding this online, and this isn't what's happening at these doctor's offices. So I was, so it, it worked out nicely. I'm not saying that I, I'll, I'll be on the on this medication forever. I don't know that because because the way the laws are going and the way things are going, but but I, I did air my my thoughts and I, and I did air my concerns, and that's what she wrote down. She said she wrote down on my concerns, you know. So hopefully it did some, it did some good, you know, where they understand me a lot better. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see on that one. Again, Nancy Mass is with us tomorrow, and uh, it's always fun to have Nancy on. So that'll be 6.30 uh, p.m. Pacific, usual time. But I want to thank you all for listening to this. For those of you that did stay the whole time and listen, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll be back with another update because my MRI results should be coming out very shortly here. And so we'll be able to see where my you know how, how bad my back is if it's worse or, or or what's going on with that but anyway thank you i saw marisa was in the chat room karen of course is in the chat room jerry was in the chat room tonight um let me go in here let me click over here yeah i see you guys and i appreciate you all coming in i appreciate everybody that's out there listening um i i really i really really appreciate all of you again if you, if you like the show you know maybe you're having dinner and maybe the rest of your family is just kind of hanging out around the house you know when I have these shows, be sure to say, I wonder if you check out this little show. It's just a little show. I call it this it's kind of like the kind of like the little engine that could, you know, for the little show that's good. And uh, we're building up a, a real strong audience, and everything's coming together beautifully. I'm real, I'm real happy, and I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I adore all of my fans, or all of my listeners. I don't want to say fans, but I, each and each and every one of you, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. For, for watching this stuff. I really do. And uh, um, hopefully, you know, everything goes well financially and I can keep the entertainment going and keep things going, you know, and it's, it's just a matter of doing that because I'm doing this, essentially I'm doing this full time now. So yeah, you know, so that's why I'm expanding more over to TikTok and stuff and, and all that. And that's why you see us with the Facebook stars and all that stuff, because we're just trying to, to, to get our bills done and all that, all, all that during the month, you know, we're just starting to build up. So uh, thank you very much. And uh, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. Like I said, we're just trying to get the word out to everybody about the show. Uh, um, so uh, unless any of you have questions, uh, I'm going to call it a night. And I will see you guys tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Get my buttons. <laughs> All right. Catch you later. <laughs>